Everyone Dies Wine and Spirits Edition. This is Happy Hour with Sanjana. I'm Lena, and I'm getting the scoop from my fellow cast members. Today, I have... Yes, Amber. A.K.A. Greg. <laughs> I bet there was no way anyone was going to guess who that was. And I just, I get a kick out of your uh, character voice and your regular voice. Because <laughs> that's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> so we are, we were discussing this, and we are the two newer D&D players. So it'll be an interesting uh, I don't know, insight into how we're viewing how we are doing in the game. So actually, I have a couple questions for you. Sure. So what crazy class or race combination would you love to play in a D&D campaign? And my, my preview to that question is, how long have you been playing D&D? So this is probably my first D&D campaign in maybe 15 years. The last time I played, I was in high school um, and I played, I believe it was 3.5. So it was a different system even. And Ah. it was like, we would do like weekend nights and it was maybe like a month or two. It was really, really casual. It was just like a group of my friends just hanging out. Um, and to be honest, I don't remember much from it, but since then I've wanted to get back into it. It's just been really hard because it's really hard to find a group of people who are interested and who aren't so serious that they're like going to slap you if you get the rules wrong, but also yeah. <laughs> consistent enough to keep going because uh, consistency is key. Oh, yeah. So I was really excited when Scott was like, hey, so you seem like you could be someone interested in D&D. And I was like, yeah, I'm like interested. And he introduced the idea of the podcast to me. And I was like, you know what? Sure. Let's go with it. I will say this is like basically the first time, the first real like serious time playing D&D. And as far as like a race or class that I I'd want to play. I don't know, even know if this is a crazy combination, but since like starting to read more of like D and D Beyond, I was like, "What is this Dragonborn stuff?" Oh. Like, um, that seems really wacky, and I'm totally into it. Like, you just are <laughs> a walking dragon. Nice. That is very cool. I actually played in actually one of my current campaigns. There's a Dragonborn, but I also had a Dragonborn at some point last year in my campaign and it was just he was basically our tank (laughs) and it was good because we were actually playing through tomb of annihilation and you need a couple of tanks and healers in that so that was fun because i had the weakest character well she was strong but her con was really low so we kept making jokes that like you know she could pick up all the party members but like if you hugged her her arms would break um (laughs) so I, I kind of stood in the back. I was a druid. I kind of stood in the back and said, please don't hurt me and just cast Moonbeam over and over and over again. Go, tanks, go. I'll, I'll <laughs> cheer you on. <laughs> Pretty much. I would just be in the background. I'm like, okay, and my character is hiding in the corner. Make sure no one gets in front of her. Well, that's cool. I, I actually, you, you've actually played a version of D&D that I haven't. I actually saw it played. I watched friends play in college. My roommate a few years ago actually played in a couple of campaigns and ran a couple of campaigns, but I was always too shy. The same thing. You never know how serious people are going to take it. And it seems like there's 
a lot of rules. And yeah. it just seems very complicated. Now that I'm in it, I can, I can laugh at the things that I thought were overwhelming. You know, people are throwing out numbers and I'm like, wait, what just happened? But I was lucky enough to find a group that were extremely welcoming and they took my questions and, you know, I didn't feel silly asking, you know, I didn't even know which dice to use, you know, right. <laughs> that kind of yeah. thing. Like, oh no, what do I do? And one of those people actually was Scott. He joined the group a little bit after I did, but not, not too much after, like maybe three weeks. So I still was very new. And he used to actually count my dice for me because I would get all frazzled um, <laughs> because uh, I mentioned this uh, maybe a few weeks back, but <laughs> he, I, we joined the campaign pretty late. So we we're pretty high up. I think we were like, I don't remember. We were definitely higher than level five, maybe level six, through nine. I really can't remember. But anyway, I was a rogue and there was a huge party. So I had a lot of opportunity for sneak attack, which meant a lot of dice. So I would just like have this handful of dice that Scott would hand to me and I would <laughs> roll them and then just get all frazzled. And he would count them for me and be like, okay, this is what your attack was. <laughs> um, because I was just so overwhelmed. And now I'm like, oh, aww. Look at me as a baby D&D player. And now I'm like 10 campaigns in because the group that I play with has a lot of like one shots and one group we actually have has rotating DMs. So I've got a lot of characters now. Um, so it was kind of like, you know, I jumped in feet first, but yeah, fine. Yeah. And I think that's, that's good. Like you, you basically like, and it does it, especially like I feel like the first time we sat down to do like our first session it seems so daunting but once you get into it so I'm sure like having the experience of being in a group that does multiple campaigns where you can actually like see what it's like to play different characters is really good and each time I had a little bit more of a comfort level you know there's something to be said for coming into a campaign that's already going mm -hmm. um I had no idea how to like build a character as far as what they would do you know i got the stats were pretty easy it was math you know but the second campaign i say was the one where i had a little bit easier time building the character number one i was there from the beginning number two i actually had time to build a backstory and now i have these characters with like these bizarre backstories but it helps motivate like what they're going to do Mm -hmm. it's it, it, you know it's a it's a learning curve but again if you are surrounded with people who are into it and like to weave the story that's fun and that's actually one of the things i really like about um scott as a player he he, he gets into his characters characters are very consistent in their actions um and they're they're really fun i actually want to be friends with his character from the first campaign we played together like i <laughs> wish it was a real person um <laughs> and as a dm i found that um, even though he can be absolutely brutal he creates a very good world you yeah. know that we can live in and it helps it helps me figure out what my character would do yeah, he seems to be, like, and again, like, I am, like, probably the most newbie out of all of this. Like, he seems to really be story-driven. So any any decisions that he's making is really in service to actually creating this really 
full world and full story, which is kind of like why you play D&D, right? Like, I feel like it's about the stories. Exactly. And he, he does have, you can ask him, I'm sure you could ask him about it, some random NPC and he has a backstory for them. <laughs> You're like, oh, okay, that's cool. That's why he did that. That's why that guard was such a jerk, you know? <laughs> and that's fun. You know, we actually, the one campaign, because I'm actually playing in another campaign with him, which is a no magic campaign, hardcore, you know, long rest is not eight hours, that kind of thing. We have to Mm -hmm. keep track of our rations. He's brutal. He actually had my character shot with an arrow because she uh, was singing. Wow. Because I wasn't wasn't keen enough to say it was out of character. So he assumed it was my character and she got shot with an arrow and lost her sneak. It went down to like three HP. It was not, it was not a, a joyous time for that character. But at the same time, he, <laughs> he will reward honesty and, you know, ingenuity. So I, I feel, I feel lucky enough to be able to do something wacky and have him appreciate it. So that's fun. Ready for another question? Yes. Okay. How about, since you're new, I'm not going to ask you about your favorite character from a previous campaign. That'd be like a little, unless you have one. But I, my favorite question <laughs> here is, how do you think you, as a human, would fare in our world? Now, by you, I mean you plucked into the world, like I've been saying, aka bad 80s movie. You're pulled into the game, as is. <laughs> like uh, how would you do <laughs> and then you can answer in your ideal like oh I wish I could but I want to know how you would do oh geez even though um Greg is you know this this like what like five foot eight massive turtle man um I am a tiny five foot woman who lives in the modern world so I definitely don't know how to use like swords or I mean like, I, I mean like in, in it I know how to like I I know how to use like an like a bow and arrow only because uh my dad was a boy scout camp leader so okay um so I growing up I was like the honorary boy scout so I like know how to use a bow but like <laughs> knowing how to use a bow and like effectively using it to like hunt for food and then like cut up the carcass Totally two different things. So I imagine that I would probably not fare so well. Um, I would definitely um, have to, like, it, it, as far as, like, and we're talking about, like, like a D&D, like, fantasy kind of medieval universe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, like, the idea of it sounds amazing, but the reality is, is that I'd probably die of a disease, like, within two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much where i am too i don't like bugs and i i've mentioned that it's like in underground or walking through the forest and i would be like ew 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 what's that touching my leg yeah like i'm sorry like two days without like hand lotion and conditioner like no <laughs> i might horrible. murder myself <laughs> i wonder how how your character would like you because I, I I am convinced Sanjana <laughs> would slap me in the face after like 10 minutes oh boy <laughs> well if if the per well first of all my character is based on 
about three, like an amalgamation of three different people, plus you know fantasy characteristics. And if 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 that if 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 their opinion, like the people I base it on, is any indication of 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 Greg's opinion of me, I could tell you this: like he would not approve. He would not like me. <laughs> Definitely not. We're very different. Um, um, and I think that's what makes it fun to play a character that is just not anything like who you are in real life because you can oh, yeah. almost like be something different. And I think it's kind of cool to play someone who's a jerk. Mm, yeah. It's like kind of fun. It's like, what is this like? Just being a jerk. <laughs> it's the unfiltered version. I mean, I'm Sanjana is definitely the unfiltered version of me mm-hmm. in that she just says whatever's on her mind and and I you know I feel I feel very uh confident that she doesn't say anything mean she just says whatever's on her mind not necessarily my but not being nice but it's just the unfiltered version and basically her outside talking are my inside things <laughs> I would never say those things, but you know, those snarky comments are definitely in my head. And I definitely do um, give people nicknames like she does. <laughs> but I just don't, I don't say it because not everyone would take it the right way. But you know what? I'm also not gifted with horns and a tail. <laughs> you know, so maybe if I had horns and a tail, I might filter less. I don't know. Right, because you could, <laughs> if you had horns and a tail, why would you care what anyone else had to think? You have horns and a tail. Exactly. <laughs> and I'm, I'm just not that cool. So. Oh, that, I disagree with that. <laughs> well, yeah, but she's got cantrips and stuff. And <laughs> I really, really wish I had that. See, my ideal setting would be definitely some sort of like scary, like ranger type, but definitely with magic because I just... Like, you know what I really want? Mage Ham. I really want that because I'm lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and I would use that all the time. Um, so, yeah, that, that kind of gives you an idea of how I would fare in our world because I, and I would just be lost. There are bugs everywhere. There are creepy, crawly, slimy things. Um, I need my food well done and on a regular basis, you know, yeah. not just, oh, I do not wake up with the sun and they're always camping. So I'm assuming they're waking up when the sun comes up. That's just not cool. Well, <laughs> and, and like, so you would be plopped in with no money. My understanding, right? We would just be plopped in. Oh like- yeah. Just no money. I might be able to make money singing and entertaining. That is the one thing I can, I can, I can rouse a crowd. So I might end up being some sort of performer, but I don't know if I would have any um, cool abilities. Like I'm not like Sanjana, who's a charlatan. I'm not a street performer that can steal money. <laughs> I'm just going to have to make it the honest way. I'm also too much of a goody two shoes to like, like even toe the line for like anything that might not be completely ethical. Right. I just, yeah. I, that's just me. I, I have trouble playing video games. I'm forcing myself right now to play a couple of my um, PC games as evil characters. I always choose the goody two-shoe option. You know how they have like really? in the dialogue? The mm-hmm. dialogues where it's like the really nice way to answer the person, the slightly snarky way, and then like the evil one where you're like, forget this, I'm just going to kill you. Yes. I can never do the snarky one. Ever. I just can't be mean. And even though it's like, it's a, it's a stupid 
computer you know it's it's digital it's not a real person and I just can't give them the snarky answer that's I, adorable I, and I and I tried and, and I've tried and I have two games I'm currently playing and I'm like come on just pick the other dialogue option you know you've played through this game you know you don't actually need this person for anything else after this mission is over just be mean I'm like I can't do it I I, I just can't but for some reason in role play, I have no trouble being that character. That is really interesting. See, I have the opposite problem. Oh. <laughs> you can't play nice? Oh, no. I'm, I get, like, really bored easily. So, like, if the option <laughs> is to, like, listen to someone talk, I'm like, no, I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> and it actually bothers me when games don't allow you to just murder NPCs. And they just run away. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not into that. Like, I, I want I want the... the the vicious brutality of reality <laughs> through my games. You've also, talked enough. Right? It's like, none of your nonsense right now. I can be a murder hobo, but <laughs> but I can't talk to them about it. You know, like, I have no trouble, like, just going into, like, a place and just shooting up the place and leaving bodies because I also like to loot everything. Yeah. Um, but it's the, you know, it's the, it's the dialogue option that just, like, ties me up. And then, you know, sometimes those dialogue options just actually close them off. So now you, they're not, you can't even interact with them anymore. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I wanted to be mean. <laughs> and now I have that opposite problem with a couple of the games that I'm playing where the characters have just gone so off the rails. Now everyone just waits for them to do something obnoxious. And I'm like... Uh, how did I become that character but it's it's freeing because again it's the stuff I would I would never say in real life so I'm learning how to step out of myself you know take myself completely out of the equation because I'm good at building a character where they might you know the gestalt of them is completely different from me but then like the interactions you know I might be a little introverted, so they're a little introverted. It's like, well, no, that's not what the character is, you know. The character's going to step up and be in front. I mean, I do have a couple characters. Like, I've in Scott's other campaign, mm-hmm. I have, um, I have a, a dwarf who has um, mommy issues and uh, confident issues. So that kind of plays into the character because she's absolutely a great shot. She's a assassin rogue. Mm-hmm. And completely like nails her targets but also feels really guilty about it and would rather just like heal everything um so that's different because you know i get to play the duality when she's trying to be in charge of everything but really actually doesn't want to be so it's fun to to see those different sides of you know my personality coming out going oh look at that but half the time sanjana says stuff and i'm like where did you come up with that (laughs) <laughs> like I'm i love like, it okay she's so feisty it's great <laughs> she's everything i want to be down to her her orange um afro puffs ah love it you should do- oh my god orange sounds awesome i've always wanted to do orange hair i'm thinking i oh well i told you i used to be a redhead as a kid and it was kind of closer to orange than red and i'm thinking maybe that would be cool my next one currently my hair is purple but it is growing out, obviously, because everyone's hair is growing out now. Yeah. Uh, for the listeners, I don't know when you're <laughs> listening to this, but this is totally during um, our totally fun pandemic. Um, yeah. And I am definitely not one of those people that are whining about getting their hair done. But it is very funny that a literal 
two weeks before the country shut down, I got my hair dyed for the first time in my entire life. I have never colored my hair in 42 years. And I decided to do it a few weeks before the country shuts down. And now I understand what people talk about when they say, I've got roots. I'm like, really? I had all this other time to experiment with this. I decided to experiment and it shuts down the country. So (laughs) I'm sorry, folks. I got my hair dyed. It's my fault. I mean, we, we couldn't foresee this and everyone's everyone's walking around with roots or at least they should be uh exactly if you're not i have to i have to wonder what's going on there i mean i guess i i guess if you're you're living with a, a hairdresser yeah, that's fair and actually i do have a couple friends that are hairdressers and they're doing awesome things with their hair and their partner's hair and their kids hair oh um i don't know where we want to put this but i forgot to ask at the beginning of the interview what are your pronouns Oh, um, my pronoun is, or pronouns, is a she, her. Okay. I as well. Okay. Just wanted to get that out. I, I believe in normalizing uh, pronouns. Yes. I, I think that's a great thing to add in. I think it's important to be respectful. And, and it's just, I never know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Someone can be presenting very feminine, but that doesn't mean that their pronoun is a feminine pronoun. Also, we've got the characters, which I'm, you know, it, it also, I will interchange pronouns, but I kind of always default to they, because I never know what someone's character is. <laughs> I'm like, Wait. what? I have no idea. I was just referring to your character. I'm sorry. And actually, so, so weird revelation here. Well, not really that weird, but Greg's pronoun is they, them. Ah. Yeah. Because uh, he's a turtle. And there's kind of some gray areas for his gender in, in my mind and in Craig's. <laughs> there you go. See, we're, we are playing a diverse cast. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Greg, Greg uh, is very much, um, I would say, probably non-binary. <laughs> awesome. I am going to get up and close my porch door because I'm watching the rain come inside and my cat's enjoying it, but I am not. And also, I wonder if that's coming across in the... And that would be my cat. Pepper says hello to the entire world. Okay. Oh, hi, Pepper. <laughs> Scott, last night, was able to call her, like, from the phone. And she was, like, running around looking for him. <laughs> and I was like, that's hilarious. You don't, even, you don't even know him. But she knows her name. And I read all these articles about cats not responding to their names. And she does, but my mom's cats, who are her sisters, don't. None of my friends' cats really respond to their names. Like, you see their ears twitch. Meanwhile, she comes over like a dog when you call her. I can call her from another room, and she'll come trotting back over. Oh, that's adorable. And it's it's so funny because she also talks at me, but this is the cat that slaps me in the face, so what are you going to do? Oh, cats. She's special. She's just, she's extra. Well, you know, you probably weren't giving her the things she wanted, so she had to slap you. Oh, always. <laughs> and she talks to me, she's like, rah, rah, like, in my face, I'm like, okay, go away, cat breath. And she'll look at me for a minute, like, idiot. And then she'll just slap me. And I'm like, really? And the thing is, it's paw only, there's no claws, and it's very gentle, but it's also very clear what she's doing. Like, did you just hit me in the face? This started about a year ago. And I'm like, um, hi. No. 
But, you know, she's actually a very good cat. I can't complain. She just talks a lot. But she's part Siamese, so what are you going to do? They're very vocal. She doesn't look Siamese so much. I mean, her face shape a little bit, but she's, you know, quick glance, she's a tuxedo, but she's got that kind of, like, long, elegant look to her face. And her eyes are green. They never turned yellow after she was a, she was a kitten. She looked like a gremlin. My mom actually said, she goes, don't get her wet. Don't get her wet. Don't feed her after midnight. Because she really oh, did geez. look like a gremlin <laughs> with these big green eyes. And, you know, everyone kept saying, you know, you love the green eyes, but just don't get attached. You know, as she gets older, she's, they're probably going to change. And they just never did. They're still green. So she's my pretty girl, my pretty brat. Mm-hmm. My dog cat. <laughs> Your dog cat. Oh, that's funny. My parents she brings her a- clippers to me. Wait, brings them to you? Yeah. Like, it's time. And she'll do it. If I'm doing my nails, she'll, like, push them over and just look at me like, and I'm next. <laughs> yeah, weird oh. cat. Yeah, she's a weird cat. Yeah, but she she just she just knows what she wants. She obviously is, like, she likes to look pretty, so. Oh, yeah, she's, and she's glaring at me now. I think she knows I'm talking about her. What? <laughs> What were you going to say about your parents? Oh, they have a dog named S'mores who it's, it's really weird because S'mores does not act like a dog at all. Like a dog usually like wants pets, will like to go outside, you know, do dog things. Right. And this, this dog is just like a lazy lump. We'll like pets sometimes, but then we'll like almost hiss at you <laughs> at some point and just and just walk away calmly. Um, and she does this weird thing that like if you're sitting there wow. and she wants you to pet her, she'll do like that paw thing that some cats do that you're saying your cat does, where she'll like just lift a paw up and just like stare at you. And you're like, uh what? <laughs> and she just stays there and then you pet her and then she's like when she's done, she, like, hisses at you and leaves. And I'm like, that was a weird exchange. <laughs> like, what? Wow. I'm done with you. Excuse me. Pet me now. Like, okay, I'm done. Stop talking Yeah, to it's me. really weird. <laughs> that is very cat-like. And, um, and she's, like, a, like a chubby, like, part Doberman slash um, a pit bull. So it's not, like, a tiny dog. It's, like, a pretty, like big dog like and it, it it has that look that it would be like a very like mean dog but s'mores is she's just a cat like i have no idea what's up with that yes yeah it's a, that's a cat dog so maybe our our my mom's dog and your cat would be friends because they're like that's true they're like the rogues of their species she actually does have a little dog friend my my um neighbors have since moved away but they we have porches i lived in a four family um apartment building and their porch diagonal and underneath me so she would go out onto the porch and just like have conversations with the dog there and just going back and forth like you would hear like <laughs> and like a little snuffle <laughs> they definitely were not like hissing at each other it was definitely like you know conversational i'm like what are you guys You're talking having, like, about deep, meaningful philosophical <laughs> conversations we just don't know it exactly They're like what if our our housemates think that we're the pets that'd be so weird wouldn't it be weird <laughs> instead of servants <laughs> they feed us all the time they clean up our poop and 
Wouldn't that be funny if they thought we were pets? Well, <laughs> I gotta go make my human feed me now. Hold on. Yeah, that was probably, knowing Pepper, that was probably it. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood surly turtle, Greg. And your social media manager, DeSombro. Just cutting in for a quick shameless self-promotion to tell you to like, share, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To take part in polls or ask questions that you'd like us to answer in future Wine and Spirits episodes, or just to enjoy some spicy memes. To find all our handles in one convenient place, you can visit us on our website at rfedpod.com. If you like our show, sharing the show with your friends or leaving a five-star review on your podcatcher of choice will really help us grow and reach more people. And if you have a project or a business you'd like to promote on the show, reach out to us at rfedpod at gmail.com. All right, you ready for another question? Sure. Let's see. Okay, so how would so your character has changed a little bit since the beginning of the campaign? So my question is, how would your initial character get along with your shadow character now? If there's any change, or is there anything different? Uh, so it's it's complicated because I, I I think at its core, at its core, like Greg hasn't really changed much but he definitely sees the world a little bit differently at least my initial concept of him was to be very nihilistic because he's lived 300 years he's an old dude like he's old even by the standards of a turtle part of the reason he's so old is because he's never actually like he's never baited because when they mate they die and that's part of the reason I chose a turtle character because I thought that was just like a crazy concept. Like they have a year to live. And it also reminded me of Zoidberg wow. um, when, in the episode of Futurama where he goes back to his planet to find oh. a mate. And, and then he does it, but they oh all die, gosh. right? Like, so I was like, oh, so that's what turtles are. They're basically Zoidbergs. Oh my gosh. That's so sad. Now, now it makes sense why Greg is so cranky. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like he's lived a long life. He's he's lived a very lonely life. Um, normally, they go out and they have like a few, well, like a few decades where they're like adventuring and they're learning about the world. And then they come home, they find someone, they may they live for a year, and it's the aunts and uncles who actually raise the children. And so he's raised hatchlings. Wow! But he's outlived them by many, okay. many years. So he's seen a lot of death. And a lot of loss. And there's some stuff in his background that I don't want to get into because I want it to be more of a secret. So for the, cool. the last maybe 30 years of his life, he's kind of been like life is meaningless because he's he's looked and sought out meaning in many different places and he's found nothing. That's why he kind of has a death wish because he's he has some survivor's guilt. He's kind of like... At what point can I die? So the fact that he woke up and he's not dead has really messed with him. Oh, wow. Yeah. That could have been like his salvation. So now it's like part two of the life that was too long at the beginning. Anyway. Right. And he's a vampire who lived forever. It's like, it's like his nightmare scenario, but he's not going to let anyone know that. He's too proud.
And I say he, right. and I, I really mean them. They're too proud. Oh. Sorry. Even even I misgender my, my character, <laughs> which is oh, not man. good. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. <laughs> I think Greg will forgive you for um, creating him. Yeah, so they've been kind of living, thinking that life has no meaning. But the only meaning there is, really, is it in the fact that it ends. Oof. Which is a part of nihilistic philosophy, right? Like, Oh my gosh. There is a version of, of nihilism where we, ha- we put meaning into life because there's an end. He never gets that. There is no end. Ooh. So I wonder how this is going to motivate him to help the party and further the cause. I mean, is he just going to curl up and... I don't know. I think, I think he's finding some, or rather they're finding some meaning in certain other ways. Um, but I think this is definitely going to challenge their, their resolve and their, their view of others. It's part of the reason uh, they're so cranky. But as far as moving forward, I, I think they're going to be very challenged by the fact that they're a vampire. And I think that by the very philosophy that they lived mo- or rather the last half of their lives, they would hate themselves. Also, Greg happens to be a very, like, a, just a mm. curmudgeon and basically doesn't like anyone, um, or really only <laughs> takes a shining to very few people. Although um, they do have a moral code. So I, I feel like Greg would not get along with vampire Greg, despite having almost the same personality. Too similar, mm. and then also, like, Too the similar. idea of... of <laughs> being a vampire is just too much you've ruined everything right yeah i think they're not not dealing with this in a in in a a great way and i think that's going to come out (laughs) i'll leave it at that (laughs) Ooh, intrigue okay (laughs) i i feel like some of this was designed this way after i discussed the character with scott remember what i said about him being brutal yeah (laughs) and like i kind of i i when initial conversation and go over like what char- like what the character was gonna look like what the character's backstory was gonna gonna be like he gave me a series of questions I'm sure he gave you a series of questions mm-hmm. and we discussed it and I really had no idea what kind of character I wanted to play I knew I wanted to play someone who was a jerk I <laughs> uh, just I thought it would be interesting and fun for my first D&D campaign after 15 years and I also knew I wanted to play a bard because it's kind of the jack of all trades so I was like it I don't want to necessarily have to pick one thing. I want to kind of get my feet for various things. And it just seemed like a really fun character to to start out with. Oh, yeah. Right? And while we were discussing this, I was like, oh, yeah, I want my character to be really flawed. And he's like, yeah, make it really flawed. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and, and so, like, I feel like, so, and, and I'm sure this goes, like, with a lot of the things that are going to come up or have come up in the story is, like, revealing these flaws in the character or like a lot of what's going to happen is going to really bring up the angst I guess uh yeah I think we're all gonna be like going through it's almost like we're we're teenagers again right (laughs) all going through our our mandatory emo phase right yeah (laughs) I mean oh no it is an, an undead campaign so some of that just comes thematically out like we're gonna have to deal with these difficult decisions or just eat everything in sight <laughs> yeah um well and i think that's i mean they're going to be very conflicted about it yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna see different sides of these personalities that we've been cultivating um and forced to you know the yeah. best moment 
so far in the game for me was the moment where we found out what happened happened. And there was just this stunned silence from everyone. And I didn't even sleep that night. I was like, are you serious? (laughs) Are you serious? I woke up. I was like, did that actually just happen? And that's the best. I got to tell you, that's absolutely the best when you have that kind of reaction to something. Right. Because, you know, you're invested. (laughs) Absolutely. And I feel like it's so weird because Scott had been dropping hints, like, all along. I mean, literally the name of the campaign is Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. And I didn't, like, that was such a shocking moment. I was like, what? (laughs) I had, well, there was, that's the thing. There was, you know, like, time slows down. And as he was saying it, I actually quipped in my head, rocks fall, but no one dies. Like, uh, like I really thought it was just going to be another dramatic turn of events, but I really didn't think that the last part of the phrase was actually going to come true. I thought it was specifically going to be like, see, now we're stuck in a cave, and that's why, that's where the line came from, rocks fall, everyone dies. I really didn't expect that to happen. Right. <laughs> and what? <laughs> and then it dawned on me, the same thing duh especially since this is scott yeah it's and like he kept hinting like i'm gonna do some really terrible things to your characters and it's like oh yeah right. oh yeah it's gonna be really brutal i didn't realize that he meant he's literally gonna murder all of them <laughs> oh just great what fantastic storytelling i mean i'm looking forward to what's next for sure yes well, thank you very much. Deshonber. That was really fun. Thank you to everyone for listening. And keep listening to Rocks Fall and Everyone Dies. And keep a lookout for the next edition of Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies, Wine and Spirits edition. I'm Lena, and I will see you on the flip side. Thank you for listening to Rocks Fall, Everyone Dies. It would really help us if you subscribed, shared, and left a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our theme music is by Taylor Calise, and our thumbnail art is by John Bliss. You can find more of his work on Twitter at John Blissart, that's at J-O-N-B-L-I-S-S-A-R-T. Our episodes are produced by me and co-edited by our resident Mushroom Jin. Our social media manager is our favorite Surly Turtle to Sombra. Find more about our various social medias by visiting our website, rfedpod.com.